Good evening, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Can everybody hear me? Hello, I, I hear can you hear you. Yeah. All right, all right. We're going to get started here in two seconds. One, two. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Tony Pearl. I will have the pleasure of being your exuberant and host, uh, happy host this evening for the monthly Q&A call for Monday, the 11th of April, 2022. I'm going to have to put everyone on mute here because we have some background noise. Hold on. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, that's so much better. I can actually hear myself thinking again. So for those of you who can hear me, which is hopefully everybody, again, my name is Tony Pearl. Welcome to the monthly Q&A call for Ronald Grant and Global Publishing. And let me uh, knock out a couple of simple announcements here just to let everyone know that we hold this call on the second Monday of every month. Gold Club members can submit their deals prior to the call that we'll review here. And if you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen but not participate because you should have gotten a different uh, access code. You can always sign up for more information at the Gold Club at ronsgoldclub.com. Now, if you are a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal or something that you'd like to discuss, it's AMA here. As far as I'm concerned, it's AMA for Mr. Tony P. AMA means ask me anything within reason, of course, and be gentle. Keep in mind that we have a whole lot of people on the line tonight. <laughs> so in order to raise your hand to ask a question, uh, I'd like to take everyone off mute mode if I could, but I heard a, a lot of background noise. So if you are in a noisy environment, you may want to find that little happy mute button on your phone and kindly press it so that we can have an open mic night here. Otherwise, I'll have to keep it on mute. And if I do that, the way to raise your hand to ask a question is to press star 6. That will enter you in the queue. I'll see that you're there, and I will call on you as we go. All right? If you're not a Gold Club member, you can't do that. So sorry. Now, let me see here. Let me go ahead and take everyone off mute because I like to have a, an interactive line here unless everyone starts talking at the same time. So let me take everyone off mute. Please mute yourself if you can. And here we go. That's a lot better than what it was. Thank you for your cooperation and, uh, and respect of the rules there. Okay. So I hope everyone's doing well. It's a beautiful, happy Monday. This, again, is Tony Pearl, and I'll be having the pleasure of hosting you guys tonight. So if you are in a loud environment or if you're in an echo, if you are the cause of that echo, mute yourself, please. Press that happy mute button that we all have on our smartphones. With that in mind, if you would like to ask a question, go ahead and press star six. So that I think that will work if I'm in open mode. Uh, Press star six to raise your hand. Someone do that for me now right quick. I want to see if this has any in open mode. Let me see if that makes any difference. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Okay. I'm not seeing that has any effect on the queue here at all. Nope. And by the way, they just recently changed the interface on the Start Meeting website, so everything's all kaflooey now. It's crazy. So I'll tell you what. Um... Is anyone here that Echo 2, by the way? Or is that just me? Yeah, it's just Anybody here? I hear it. You hear it? Okay. I hear it, yes. All right, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Until, until I say otherwise, until I need to otherwise, if someone has a question, say, I have a question, and I'll call on you, and then state your name and where you are from or where you're living. Okay. Let's go ahead and open it up, Yao, and who would like to start things off? Who would like to kick the call off tonight with a question? Anybody? Oh, my gosh. You guys are all shy tonight, huh? Come on, someone has to have a question for me. <laughs> Anybody? Speak up now. If, you, if I can't hear you, if you're on mute, you might need to unmute yourself. Please enter your PIN followed by the pound or hash. If you do not know your PIN, please enter pound or hash. Does everyone hear that? Please Thank enter your you. PIN. Hello? Uh-huh. Hello? Yeah, we hear it. Hello. 
Okay. Please say your name. If you have a question, please say your name where you're from. If you have a question. Hello, can you oh hear me? Oh, my God. Now I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Uh, my name is Andrew. I'm living in Henderson, Nevada. Um, and so I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you think the housing market's going to do here. It looks like we're headed for a crash. Um, and how do you think it will affect commercial real estate, specifically mobile home parks? Oh, I like the question. Thank you for asking, Andrew. Real quick, is anybody else worried about the housing market and the upcoming potential crash? Make some noise real quick. Everyone, one, two, three, make some noise. Who's worried about the market? No. Yeah. Yeah. My ears should be buzzing with all kinds of noise right now. We should all be uh, thinking about the market because this market cannot keep heating up. My thoughts on the market, Andrew, and I appreciate the question, my friend. My thoughts are this. What goes up must come down. This crazy housing market that we've all been dealing with for the past too long, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, it, it, it can't keep going up like this. It's only a matter of time um, before things start. We're already starting to see softening in certain markets more than others. And we're already starting to see things slowly start to turn our way as far as um, being inching its way towards a more of a buyer, buyer, buyer's market. Now, we don't know when it's going to happen or what will be the cause, but it is an inevitability. What goes up must come down. So another thing I would say is get yourself ready. Everything that you guys have been learning uh, and, and uh, learning about creative real estate terms deals is going to really come into play when things start to incline more in our favor for buyers and doing deals. So be ready for that. Also, there's a high chance, a lot are saying, a lot of people are saying that the foreclosure market is going to be opening up quite a bit. There may be a, a tidal wave, a tsunami of foreclosures. Whether that happens or not, I don't know, but it's good to know how to do. To blame the 22 midterm. Okay, whoever's making all that conversation in the background, mute yourself, please. Or I'll, I'll have to mute you for you. I'll have to mute you for everyone's benefit. Now, as far as commercial, my goodness. I, uh, Ron just had his commercial boot camp last week, and I just found out that uh, I was registered, but I couldn't make it. But uh, I understand that he was also simulcasting it. If I had known that, I would have been happy to do some things. Anyways. Commercial is very interesting. I think that we are in a, in a, a state uh, of change because before COVID, it was business as usual. People would have to go into their jobs at a commercial building office and, and work. Once COVID and all the lockdowns came, people were finding success working from home. Many businesses were finding that they didn't have to have their employees come into work. They could have them be just as if not more productive from the pleasure of working from their own home, reduce their overhead, and have everybody be happy. I'm going to have to mute everyone here. Hang on. Someone was very naughty by having background noise. <laughs> so if you have a question, now that we're uh, – actually, you know what? Let me do it this way. Hang on. Hang on. Okay, now i got it fixed. If you have a question, please enter star six. Now is the time to punch in star six on your phone. If you do have a question, go ahead and do that as I continue to wrap up this, uh, this topic here. If you have a question, please punch in star six. So commercial, there is going to be some form of opportunity that presents itself to those who have their eyes open for it. We just don't, I don't know what it's going to be right now yet, but I think that there will be opportunities there. I really do. It's just, what are, what are they going to be? I think things are changing. Mobile home parks. Uh, man, Ron knows a lot about these. So do my fellow mentors, Kyle and, uh, and Andrew Schlag. Kyle Remick and Andrew Schlag. They've done mobile home parks uh, with different levels of success there. Uh, I think that there's also always going to be opportunities there in mobile home parks, but uh, there's a lot of work that has to go into it in order to make these places perform. And, and uh, quite frankly, I haven't done any mobile home parks myself, so I can only speculate on that, to be honest. All right? So, Andrew, I hope I answered your question. And uh, I would like to ask anyone else who has a question, don't be shy, please punch in the star six. And let's see who we have here. 
All right. It looks like uh, Rutledge was the uh, first one. Number Phone number ending in 6354. I'm going to unmute you. And uh, what is going on here? Okay, there we are. Now, I'll tell you, they have changed the controls for this website, and everything's confusing now. All right, Rutledge Hi. L. Hi, Tony. Yes. It's Nominal Net Newton from uh, Matthews, North Carolina. couple of questions. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, great. A couple of questions. How do you respond to folks when they immediately say, no, I'm not interested in terms? And number two, which direction do you go from that point? Okay, great question. So if someone, you're talking to them about terms, they say you know they're not interested, there's a lot. What I would normally do in these situations is what are you going to, I'd ask them the question, what are you going to do if you're not able to sell the house anytime soon? Would you just rent it out? But in this market, if you ask that question, you're probably going to hear this answer. Oh, no, that's not a problem. I have 30 offers ready to throw more money to me than I'm, than I'm asking for the house. Has any, exactly. Have you heard that? Yes, sir. Okay. So this is what we call pre-screening. If this person is being honest and they're telling you that they have legitimate all-cash offers for more than the house is worth, and like many people, many of these greater fool buyers in this hot market are doing, they're waiving their inspection contingency, they're waiving their appraisal, and they're coming to the table with all cash, more money than common sense. So there, we cannot and you will not want to compete with these people. What you can simply do is grow for flexibility and motivation by asking the right questions. Now, if they want to stick, say that they're stuck on all cash, we like to come back with, well, if I paid you all cash and close quickly, can you finish that question? What's the... How much time could you give us? What's that? How much time could you give us? No. If we're talking, we, we transition to cash. If we pay in all cash and close quickly, what's the least you could accept? Ron's hmm. famous question. So don't be afraid to come back and ask them if they're stuck on all cash, if they're stuck on all cash, let's see if they have some flexibility with the price. Now, okay. if they come back with way more than what the house is worth, we're dealing with a suspect. Okay, it's called pre-screening. Never beg, never try and push someone to do something that just doesn't make any sense. All right, so if you're dealing with a true suspect, someone who wants over at over retail price and all cash and they're stuck on that, say, hey, that's great, God bless you, and wish them well. You can always offer to send them information to follow up later if you want. But most of the time in this market right now, it may be a waste of time. Now, if you can get them to say, yeah, um, I'd be willing to take X amount and it's a more reasonable price and you can always follow up with, well, is that the best you can do? And maybe they'll come back a little bit lower than that. Because typically in most markets and most times, we have a cost of sale for uh, a seller, which is around maybe around 10%. Any real estate agent will, will confirm that could be eight to as much as maybe 15 or even more. Because you have real estate agents commissions, you have closing costs, you have seller concessions, you have holding costs, and I already say holding costs, you have HOA fees and all these other things that have to be taken into consideration in addition to whatever repairs need to be made. But when the market is as hot as it has been, um, that stuff doesn't always factor in. Now that it's starting to cool off and interest rates are going up still, they may have more flexibility. So you want to ask that question. If I pay you all cash and close quickly, what's the least you take? Is that the best you can do? All right? Because, again, typically if there's a 10% cost of sale, if you have a $400,000 house, the seller is going to have to usually pay like around $40,000. So if they owe three eighty, dollars they may have to come out of pocket in order to sell their house. Well, we have a way that they can avoid that situation. Again, this is assuming that the numbers are realistic and that you're dealing with a real uh, legitimate situation and person here. Okay? Right. So, again, pre-screening ask questions, stay in control, and don't beg. You're looking for the right people to work with, and you're looking to pre-screen out the wrong ones and whack them at lightning speed, as Ron likes to say. Does that help you out? Does that make sense? Oh, that's perfect sense. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate it. Fantastic. All right. Good so, okay, I'm going to mute you here, I think, if I can do it like this, and I'll move on to the next uh, question asker. All right? Thank you very much. Here we go. 
Okay, next up, uh, let's see, I think the next one to ask was Van Peterson, number ending in 7,000. I'm going to unmute you, and who's this? I'm here. Yep, this is Mike. Hey, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can hear you. Tell everyone where you're from. We're in a headset, so I didn't know for sure. I am in Wisconsin, just a little bit north of Milwaukee. All right, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Cheese land. Yeah. Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, uh, I had a question a little little bit off the normal path. Uh, what um, what do you think of the prospects right now of things like um, master leasing of parking structures or master leasing of storage facilities? Uh, I, I mean, I've seen a bunch of them go up, and they're always packed, so maybe nobody's letting go of those right now. But uh, I didn't know if any of that was uh, something to target right now or if it's so oversaturated, that kind of stuff is kind of by the wayside, or what your general thoughts were on it, if any. Okay. So are you talking about, like, a master lease agreement, or are you talking uh, about storage yeah, spaces? Like, or Both. I mean, like um, – like parking garage, for instance, if, if, you know, they're not, you know, sometimes they do public parking where people are paying per day. Sometimes they do it where there are companies, but they're half empty uh, with the concept of telling the owner that you master lease it for what they're currently getting. And anything that you do to increase the income goes to you uh, mm-hmm. like a fixed price to buy it out within five years and use the money that you come up with to put a down payment down in order to buy it out within five years. Uh, mm-hmm. say, same thing I've heard people do with storage units when they weren't so packed and profitable. But um, I didn't know if any of that kind of thing, you know, you coming coming off the commercial boot camp type thing, I guess, would probably be more appropriate for this question. But uh, That's correct. It would be more appropriate know. for a commercial. But let me just say this, yeah. for every, the benefit of everyone, a master lease uh, real estate is basically where you have an agreement to – lease a, a property that produces income as, as a tenant or a single tenant like that, and then sublease it to another occupant tenant and make money in the middle. It's another word for arbitrage. It's just like what we do with a, um, a, lease, a, a sandwich lease option, but it is more appropriate for commercial-type deals and situations. Okay? So arbitrage is a fancy word for making money in the middle. I just went over this with one of my wonderful students who lives in your general area, but in Minnesota. So arbitrage means making money in the middle. This is what we do when we wholesale a deal. It's what we do when we lease option a deal, when we sandwich lease option a deal. We get an agreement with the seller or the owner to rent with an option to buy, and then we sublease it out to a tenant buyer who's going to put more money down or option consideration to us and more monthly uh, into us that we have to pay out to the owner. And then we can buy it within a certain time frame for a certain price. Master lease is somewhat similar to that, but it's more appropriate for commercial. So I think that any time you can be creative, and I like, the, I like the question. It's really interesting. Uh, any time that you can be creative and look to make money in the middle, that's great. Always remember, guys, we are problem solvers. We look for people in situations that are problems, and we look to find a solution for them using our creative real estate or cash buying techniques, okay? So we're looking for problems to solve. Not in our lives, but other people's problems to solve. We're looking for other people's problems, obviously, okay? So what else did you want to know about this? And I hope that um, this answer is helping you out in some kind of way. But what else did you want to know about this? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's just in general if that was something that you, know, you happened to hear was something to pursue right now or if it was oversaturated much like the storage units are uh that's why i was using the garage parking garage sample it's like you know but these garages uh, people will contact different companies you know downtown and offer uh leases on spaces for the employees for like you know one year two year five year leases so that their employees mm-hmm. always have a place to park, as opposed to public parking where people go in there and stick their credit card in every day. Um, okay. So I've heard of the concept before, but I didn't know if it was you know, anything to really pursue now or if it would be kind of a waste of time right now. Or 
if you happen to hear, hear anything about that kind of structure. Well, how would you pursue it if you were going to do something like that? Uh, from what I understand, it's, it works best with places that uh, aren't really filled very much. And, mm -hmm. you know, the owner may be looking at getting out of it because of that. Um, with, the, with the case of the parking structure, uh, you approach the owner and let them know that you know, whatever they're getting right now, you'll master lease it for that amount. They will get that amount every single month. And mm -hmm. the concept is that you have ways to improve uh, the use. You go out and get more leases with more companies, so that generates more income for the property, and you get to keep that overage. Uh, mm -hmm. So everybody wins. Time, so they get what they want. Yeah. You make money in the middle, and the, uh, the, the tenants or whomever that you're going to serve on the end gets the use of, in that case example, uh, parking space. Right. Which and by, by, uh, by, getting, by getting a predetermined price when you first master lease it, uh, they might mm -hmm. give you like five years to, to buy it out from them. So that money that you're collecting, that's that overage, you can use toward a down payment to get a loan to ultimately buy them out at that earlier described price within five years. And now you own the whole structure and it's your own business. Uh, right. So that's, that's the concept. But I'm just, you know, kind of spitballing as to whether it's in the pursuit now or if it'd be... <laughs> If they're all packed and everybody's making money hands over fist like they are with storage units, it might be a waste of time. But I didn't know, and I thought I'd get your take on on that concept. That sounds like a doable thing. Well, I had, I like it. I like it. I hadn't uh, considered something like that before, but I like it because it allows you to control an asset, make money in the middle by providing a valuable service and knowing what you're doing. I would say if you're going to do something like that, make sure that you are mitigating your risk that you don't commit to the lease until you know that you're going to have the uh, the paying tenants in there to perform. So do something. It's, it's just like a, an, an option, getting an option on a property or a lease option. You want to have this little option consideration given and maximum uh, opportunity there to get the cash flow. And this type of idea you could make work in all kinds of other areas of the marketplace. So I think it's a good one. I wish you well with it, and feel free to come back and talk to Ron or bring it up to anybody else. It's uh, on the next Q and A call if you like. But I got to keep it moving. Okay, thank you. I thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. I, my pleasure, Mike. Thank you for the question, and have an awesome night. And we'll open this up to our next person here. It's going to be phone number ending in 0477, English Mertoli. So, thank you, Mike. Let me put you on mute. And English Mertoli, take you off mute. Phone number ending in 0477. Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Hey, Who's this? It's Mertolin English in West Virginia. All right. Welcome. Welcome. How are you tonight? Yeah. Pretty good. I have a question similar to his um, about just land-only purchases. Um, if we were, you're familiar with parking rest lots for the semis when the guys are driving, um, would that also be something we could use an option approach for a lease purchase? I don't know. I don't know. If you're talking a rest area, those are only, usually owned by the state. But if you're talking about acquiring a, a piece of land right off the main highway and then setting it up so that you can have it be used for truckers, or RVs, I think that might be an interesting op option. You know, I just when I moved, I just moved from Northern Virginia down to Florida, and I, I actually loaded up all our crap in the back of an 18-wheeler semi, all the contents of our house <laughs> that we we're keeping, and I even put my car in the back of the semi, of the of the tractor trailer, mm -hmm. and I rode with the driver, who's a friend of mine. We had a great time, and just learning all about the trucking business. I picked his brains, and he was generous to share all this information and knowledge with me. It's a fascinating business, I'll tell you what. And the truckers, they, you know, you know most people don't think about these big 18-wheelers down the road, but these guys have to have a place to park and to stay. And a lot of them, you see these big rigs, they sleep in their rigs overnight. And some places have shower facilities that they can rent and all kinds of things. So they can park their big rig in a proper big old, big old space, and um, they'll need a place to freshen up. So that type of facility 
and, and, and then the truckers, they, they talk amongst themselves and they know where the good spots are and where the spots to begin with are. So that might be an opportunity there for someone to consider. And you can acquire land off of the main highway and set it up like that. Of course, you always got to look at your laws, restrictions, regulations, and zoning for things. Okay. So does that, um, along the lines of what you were asking, I hope, yeah? Yeah. Oh, what? Yes. Thank you very much. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. Thanks for asking your question. All right. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and mute you, if you don't mind. And who's next who would like to ask a question? Please punch in star six on your phone and raise your hand and come on to the love line. So the DJ Tony P, that's me, can I answer your question, hopefully. <laughs> star six to raise your hand. Don't be shy. Come on down. Let's have some fun. I don't see anybody else raising their hand. What's going on here? Ah, finally, finally, finally. Okay. Phone number. Oh, we've got a couple more people. So, phone number uh, ending in 4376. I'm going to unmute you. And why is that not unmuting? I'll hit the button. It should work. Why is that not working? What the heck? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This bloody thing. Four, three, seven, six. I'm unmuting you, but it's not working. Oh my God! Come on. Let me try it again. Nope. All right, I'm going to try someone else. See if this works. Jose. There we go. Jose. Holy Pearl, what's up? How my you man. doing, man? My brother, what's going on, sir? <laughs> oh, man, living life, man. Glad you're in the fast lane down here in Orlando. Uh, you're in the Tampa area, so we'll give you a pass on that. Actually, but, uh, guys, I am in Jacksonville. I forgot to say, I'm in Jacksonville right now. I just oh, arrived here a while ago. Oh, Ron, called me up. Ron called me up, and he wants me to help out with this mastermind group. So I'm doing a little teaching, a little calling, and a little, uh, little uh, working with the people tomorrow and Wednesday. Good so that's up. And then heading back through, passing through Orlando and heading on home or to my new home in Tampa on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Go. Congrats. Congrats. Listen, I got a quick, uh, quick question here. You know, this yes, uh, market is like flaming white hot. And uh, white hot. as Ron says, you can't steal in slow motion. And if you're looking at a property that uh, may need some repairs, uh, what's a good way to estimate some of the repairs so that you can make that offer uh, when you're talking to the person and considering ARV and all that other good stuff? Great question, great question. So let me repeat it for the benefit of everyone so we can all be on the same page. So my man Jose in Orlando, who was my student, had the pleasure of mentoring for a while and did, made some good money, right, Jose? <laughs> oh, working on it, working it, working it. Yes, sir. But you got you got paid. Anyway, so... Um, when we are evaluating a property, as, as you just said, we can't steal in slow motion. We have got to be quick on the phone. We can't, don't have the time to dot every I and cross every T. So when you need to make a quick estimation of the repairs on a property, then we can always use a simple rule of thumb. All right? This is what I like to do many times. It's worked great. And how it works is like this. It's simple. You take the number of square feet of the property, and you multiply it by 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, or 35 based on what the seller is telling you preliminarily that the house needs. If they say that the house is in excellent shape and doesn't really need any work, you can go a little simple repair estimate of $5 per square foot. So if it's a 1,000-square-foot little house, you can save $5,000. A little carpet paint, a little cleanup, a little touch-up, something simple like that should get the deal done. Now, Every house needs something, right? If it's a more of a, of a bigger rehab, you're going to be looking at $25, $30, maybe even $35 a square foot. So you're going to be having a much higher cost of repairs. But that's going to be based on what the seller tells you. And, of course, you're trying to do the best you can for coming up with a quick ARV number. Now, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Listen up. Very important here. Everyone's got to understand this. Remember, we buy houses cash or terms, and we're, we're dealing with buying a house all cash, you can still get a property under contract because actually anytime you can get a property under contract, it gives you the right 
but not the obligation to buy, which means that you can buy it, you just don't have to. So you can get a property on a contract, and that, guess what? That's when your real due diligence begins. That's when you want to get out and have a proper uh, estimator, contractor come and take a look at the house. That's when you do any real R of estimation and do any real due diligence. Because if you're making an all-cash offer, you're going to give yourself a 14-day inspection period time to get out. And even if you bow out of that, the worst that can happen is you lose your binder deposit, which is typically how much, Jose? $10. Yep. Maybe, maybe you're feeling generous. You can give them up to what? $100. There you go. You are correct, sir. You did pay attention when we were working. <laughs> That's what right. What you saying? I said you were paying attention. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, guys. So would you be willing, pop quiz, rhetorical question, but a pop quiz just for the grins and giggles here. Would you be willing to risk 10 to to $100 with the possibility of making 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 50, $100,000? Jose, what do you say? Would you be willing to risk that? Every day and twice on Sunday. My man. Yes, sir. So to answer your question, a quick little multiplier. If the house needs hardly any work, you can use $5 a square foot. As a quick little way to throw it up there, you can go higher, 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever you need to do just to give a quick estimation for the repairs. And then you get in, you get the property under contract, and that's when the real due diligence happens because getting a property under contract gives you the right but not the obligation to buy. And number two, this is a, this is magic words here that a lot of thinker brains need to hear. I know you're not a thinker brain, Jose, but a lot of other thinker brains need to hear this. Remember these words, guys. We can always fix it later. Jose, could you repeat that back to me one time? We can always what? You, you can always fix it later. That's correct. Would you like to know how? Say yes. Yes. All right, role play time, role play time. Put him on a role play hat. All right, Jose, you're the seller. I'm the investor. Jose, how's it going? Listen, um, I had a chance to take a look at, uh, at the house that we're going to be buying from you at this 123 Main Street. And I have my contract to go through there, and, hey, I've got good news, and I've got bad news. The bad news is the house needs a lot more work than we, what we had both thought. We thought it was going to be X. turns out it's going to be Y because of this, that, the other thing, and the cost of everything here. And the property, or the property is just not as, not as worth as much as we had originally thought because based on the numbers here and the comparable sales values, we're finding it's not worth as much as we had originally thought. Now, I wish I could pay you that amount that we had originally agreed to, but at this point, it's just not possible because I'll be losing money at this point. So therefore, we have two choices. Number one, uh, preferably, we could rework the numbers to something that's going to make sense for both of us, and I, we could still move forward. I still want to buy this house, but it's got to make sense for me, or we can't, we can't do business. So if we can rework the numbers to something that we can work with, I'm still definitely looking forward to moving forward with this and getting this closed within 20 days at this point. The second option is that uh, we could basically both go our own way and I wouldn't be able to buy the house and we'll just have to rip up the agreement and, and still part as friends. So which would you like to do? Can we, can we rework these numbers so we can do business or should we part as friends now? What would you like to do? Well, I'd, I'd like to work rework the numbers, but Zillow says that my house is worth you know, what I'm asking, and you, you seem to be like a nice guy, but, I, you know, I need to make some money on this, and I know you want to make some money on it. Um, you tell me. I, I don't do this very often. You know, you're the expert. Walk me through it. Okay, bam, pause it right there. Thank you very much. You did great. That was awesome. You threw an extra curveball on me, uh, which I would normally love to deal with. But the basic idea is that that gets our foot back in the door. That opens up the conversation to fix it later. And all I wanted to hear you say was that you'd be willing to entertain that thought. You said something here. So now it's just a renegotiation at this point. And then it's just going to be getting the deal done. And it's very simple. So that's all we've got to do there. So use a simple number, and then your real due diligence begins after you get the contract signed. Does that answer your question, I hope? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Thanks for coming on and asking that awesome question, my friend. All right. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Who's next? Got to keep it moving, baby. Got to keep it moving. So I'm going to mute you, Jose, and keep in touch, man. Let me mute you here. Who's next? Uh, let me try that number ending at 4376. 
you're still not able to be unmuted. Something is going on. You had raised your hand, but I cannot unmute you for some reason. Very strange. All right, I'm going to try the next person here. Davis Thurston, phone number ending in 5738. All right, you're able to be unmuted. Davis Thurston, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Um, excellent. Is that your name? Yeah, that's my name. Davis Thurston or Thurston Davis? Thurston Davis. Okay. <laughs> Very good, sir. How can I help you tonight? All right, I got three quick questions. I'm trying to make three. them fast. You're only allowed one. Only allowed one? Shucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Um, all right. First one. If you have a contract with the seller before you have an LLC, how do you sign the contract? Ooh. If you have a contract with a seller, you try to get the property on the contract, but you don't yet have an LLC, okay? No problem. First thing is you never want to put your name out there on public record. So don't put your name, you know, uh, Thurston Davis. Right. You could say Thurston Davis, comma, as agent of an LLC that you can create now that you get the property under contract, okay? And you could come back and take title or do whatever you need to do as agent, and you could specify a little bit later, or you could make yourself the trustee, as if you're creating a land trust. Okay? And if you're using our agreements that Ron has generously provided for you, they are assignable. So you can always assign your agreement, whether you're doing terms, cash or terms. Okay? You can always assign right. these agreements, especially in the mm -hmm. cash deals. So you will magically grow a last name. You can put your name, comma, as agent, or comma, as member, or comma, as trustee. I would suggest agent or member, and then you can create your LLC anytime that you want and go from there. What state are you living in, Thurston? New York State. New York State. Well, you can create an LLC. If you're buying the house in, if you're buying the house in New York, you can create a New York LLC. It's going to cost you a little bit. <laughs> for reasons yeah. I don't want to get into uh, right now, but it has something to do with the leadership of your wonderful state and all the laws and regulations and et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure you can read between the lines there. But you can form an LLC anytime that you want. There's three main ways that you can form an LLC. I actually wrote an article about this, and I provided it for my students. Three main ways. Most expensive main way that a lot of people like to do it is have an attorney form your LLC or corporation for you. They'll charge you, but you'll have it. Okay. Second way is you can go to an online place like um, what's it, corporation.com, legalzoom.com. There are others. You just do a search for a forum, an LLC online. There are online places, and you'll be able to figure it out that way. They'll cost you one or two hundred dollars in addition to what the state will charge you, and help you with the paperwork and all that. The third way is the cheapest way. And I don't recommend if you're just getting started to do it this way, but you could if you needed to. And that is if you just simply form it in the state that you want to on your own. In order to do that, you've got to have an LLC name. You've got to register with the state. You've got to pay the state fees. And you've got to upload and file your paperwork, articles of incorporation, and state who the uh, members are of your LLC. So there's three main ways that you can do it right there. And you can form an LLC as early as today. If you're going to get started and you want to do it easily, quickly, and cheaply, you can always start it by going on one of those online uh, places that will do it for you. I think, like, like I said, like corporation.com. There's a few of them. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and remember, just like what I talked about a little minute ago, if you mess up forming your LLC, you can always fix it later. It's not a big deal, right. as one might think. You can always fix it later. Okay? Does that answer your first? Now, question number one. Yeah, that answers question number one. Great. All right, question second question. Two. All right. Sorry. Is seller slash owner financing the same? Yes, it is. Third it question. Is. So there's no difference? Not really. Seller or owner financing is pretty much a synonymous term, and they encompass the following. If a seller owns a property free and clear, then they're, you're going to try to buy the house. You would get the deed they would get a note, which is a promise to pay, a and also a mortgage or a lien against the property as security for that note. Okay? Mm -hmm. If they have a mortgage, if they already have a mortgage against the property and they have a lot of equity or even a little bit of equity, you can buy it on a wraparound. Okay? 
and there's different way, many different ways that that can be done, but the essential thing is, is that you would buy it, you would still give the seller a mortgage, you would look to get the deed, and they would get payments in exchange and some kind of IOU agreement, and that note and mortgage wraps around their existing note. Okay, so say for example you're buying it for three hundred thousand, the seller owes two hundred thousand, and you're going to get it for nothing down. So you're going to give the seller a new note for three hundred thousand, which wraps around the existing note, and you're going to try and make your payments be the exact same to the seller what they are to that they have to the bank. That's called a mirror wrap. Okay, and that's another form of seller financing, because anytime you get the seller to take payments or not have to be cash out all at once, that's a form of seller financing, also known as owner financing because the seller is the owner. So it's the same thing. Just like a lease option is pretty much the same thing as a lease purchase. Okay? Third question. Um, just, just to dwell on this a second, you said um, if you were to wrap the mortgage, say a $200,000 mortgage for $300,000 mortgage, does the owner expect to get more money? I mean, if he all of a sudden sees a $300,000 mortgage, won't all won't, he pause, he or she paused and say, well, wait a minute, 300 grand over 200 grand, shouldn't I be getting more money, even though maybe you, you agreed on two? No, because your purchase price is set at 300,000. What's the least you take, Mr. Seller? Well, you agree to sell for 300,000. And you tell them that you're going to buy with the mortgage in place and you're going to make the mortgage payments until next date or within a certain amount of time. And our agreements are written up to put it in there. Now, sometimes they may want all their equity, and we're not going to give them all their equity at closing if they have a hundred grand of equity like that for a situation like this. Maybe they have five or ten thousand equity if they don't have much, you know. Then we can we can work it out and negotiate. But the main idea is that they take back a note for whatever balance they're going to take back, and we make payments on that even if it wraps around the existing mortgage. So that's just the point of negotiation that you're talking about right there. You just get them to accept whatever we negotiate there. Okay. All right. And the last one, um, when getting the R. How many houses should you look at in that area before you say you come up with a with like a a, a basic number? So say I'm I'm living in I'm living here in New York, I'm in Brooklyn, in New York City, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden uh, I see a house for a hundred thousand dollars, right? And the thing is, well, how many houses do I look at? Say I'm in contact with the owner, right? And Typically three. To find the value the value of the property. We're going to typically look at at least three properties, and we're going to look at these, depending on the density of the area. If you're Brooklyn, everything's close together, so you're not going to need to go far away. Maybe an eighth of a mile, a quarter mile tops. Usually it's about a quarter mile, but in Brooklyn, you know, depending on what part there, um, you're going to look at recently sold houses that have sold within the past, say, say, three months or so of this property that you're evaluating that are close by, eighth of a mile, quarter mile, however the case may be, that are similar in size. So beds and baths don't have much to do with the comps, as you might think. It's the square footage. So you want to compare a 2,000-square-foot house to another house that's 2,000 square foot, give or take maybe 10%, maybe 1,900, you know, 5%, 10%, maybe 1,900, 2,100 square feet. You're not going to compare a 2,000-square-foot house to a 3,000-square-foot house, nor would you compare it to a 1,000-square-foot house. So you've got to look for those comparable sales values. That is your main way of evaluating the R on a property. Sell, sold houses, okay? Sold uh, houses. Listed houses, the sold houses that have recently sold within the past three months. Okay? Okay. Listen, thank you very much. I'm writing this down as fast as I can. Okay? I know. I talk fast. I used to be in New York, too. I know you talk fast. You listen fast because you're a New Yorker, right? Forget about it. <laughs> That's right. Listen, thank you very much, and have a wonderful Easter Passover if you celebrate. Thank you, brother. Same to you. Happy Easter to you. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks for coming out and asking your question. Appreciate it. All right. Who's next here? We have, uh, let's see, Rosenberg in Texas, uh, ending, phone number ending in 5061. You are live. How may I help you? Thank you. Good evening. My name evening. is Sabine, and I am brand spanking new. This is like my, I have just purchased a course last week. Um, wow. Did you say so Sabine? I'm going through the Sabine, Sabine, like the Sabine River oh, Sabine. in Texas. Yeah, I okay. live in as a close to Houston <clears throat> in Texas. Okay. Um, Great. Now, I, I have a question in regards to the, to the property information sheets. I want to start uh, filling those out. Um, I just 
joined the club earlier, the Gold Club. Mm-hmm. So uh, now, usually and eventually, I will get the ace to do this, but for now, I want to do my own. Now, mm-hmm. I understand that Ron wants to go directly to the to the scripts once he has the questions answered, but at the moment, I'm not comfortable enough to do this just yet. So is it okay just to say, okay, once I have the questions on the sheet answered, I will tell them that I will speak with my partner or whatever, you know, and then get back with them on it? Or what would be a good way to get off the phone there um, if I'm not comfortable with the scripts yet? Sure, no problem. So, and I can appreciate that. Everyone has to start somewhere, Sabine. So there's no shame in feeling uncomfortable doing this. It's brand new. I get, I understand mm-hmm. your pain. However, I'm also going to tell you something very important. Everything that we want in life is on the other side of our comfort zone. So you've got to get comfortable at getting uncomfortable. Make sense? Yeah, I just, I that makes sense. But what, what, okay. uh, you know, I, I'm not going to leave you hanging about is. Okay, what? I'm sorry, I didn't. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I have I have a special script just for special people like you. Uh huh. Okay. So hold hold your next question. Let me let me cover this real quick for quickly for you and anyone else who's maybe may new. So, one of the first things that you want to do when you get the PI sheet back from a VA and you make that closing call, like they make the opening call to get the PI sheet filled out, then they send it to you and you do the closing call, right? Yeah, but that's not what I start out with. First, I am filling out. I'm calling Oh, that's right. Myself. You did say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're absolutely yeah. right. Forgive me. So when you do no the worries. open call, yes. So what you want to do is practice a few times having a conversation. Now, for my mentor students, I actually have created a very powerful script form tool that they can use that guides them through the whole conversation and adjust as they go. But let's not worry about that. You take the PI sheet and you look at this, there's just like a bunch of questions and blanks on there that you got to fill out. And you're wondering to yourself, how can I have a conversation with someone to get this information here? Well, that is kind of left to you to figure out, but we normally outsource that to the VA. But what you want to do is role play, practice this with a couple people so you can feel comfortable. If you're going to be the one getting the PI sheet filled out, which is totally fine, I think you should do that for you know, 10, 20 people at least so you can feel comfortable yes, doing this. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. So just if you can have, do you have anyone with whom you could role play and practice this with? Uh, nope. Okay, then I'm sure someone here would love to volunteer and work that out. Um, or I'll just tell you, just practice with yourself. Channel your inner mm-hmm. Gemini. Be your, I would say your inner schizo. I'm just kidding. So Sorry, act like I'm the an Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Gemini, so I can, I can say this. Oh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> okay, Not schizo, you. but inner Gemini, dual personality. Anyway, yeah. so act like the seller and act like the buyer. Hi, I'm calling about the house you have for available for sale at 123 Main Street. Is it still available? Why, yes, it is. Are you an agent? No, I'm not. I'm actually looking to buy. Is that okay? Sure. What can I tell you? Well, I, you know, and then just get into a conversation. Ask a question. Get that information mm-hmm. filled out however you need to in a fun, easy, conversational way. The more you do it, the more yeah. you practice it, just like anything else, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah, the more, and the more easy yeah. it will come. But you just got to practice it a few times in order to feel comfortable with all this. Okay? But you got to mm-hmm. do it. Someone's got to make these calls yeah, for yeah. you in spite no, of you. I'm not and in the beginning, about it is that. you. That's not... That's not the part that I'm worried about. I, the, the part is where I'm going into these appointment scripts or structuring the deal or what can I offer the person. That is the uh-huh. part that I am not comfortable with doing just yet. Basically, I want to do the part of the VA who will fill out the sheet, and then I want to call back again acting like me then. I mean, I'm going to be myself, of course. But okay. Um, okay. But I want to call. But I want to get off the phone after I filled out the sheet, and then I want to okay. get in there and say, "Okay, this is what I can offer, or this is what what you know, or whatever." Then I'll go into these other scripts that Ron has. Okay, I understand. And please forgive me. I got. I understand. I got to cut it. I got to. I got to cut you off because I got to keep this moving. We have like a precious few minutes, and I have a few other people to serve. So basically, what I'm going to tell you to do is give you the answer right here and now, Mr. Seller. I appreciate this. Thank you. Answer for the. Thank you for answering those questions. i tell you what I need to do. Let me do a little bit of homework here, and I'll call you back. When would be a good time? Can I call yeah. you back tomorrow afternoon, that, or would the day after that be better for you? That's what you need, right? That's, that's perfect. Yes, that's You're very welcome. Exactly. Okay, thank My you. My pleasure, Sydney. You're very welcome. Have a wonderful night, hon. 
Thanks for your question. You too, thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, who we got next is, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. That wireless caller, I don't know why I cannot unmute you. This is very strange. Okay, Hamilton, Ohio, phone number ending in 0002. I hope you have a quick question. You are unmuted. Who might this be? Hi, Tony. It's Kay in Indiana. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Nice to hear your your DJ voice again. <laughs> and uh-huh. I have a question. I was interested when you said you were moving to Tampa. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to ask any personal questions, but I was curious because you had such a fantastic business in D.C., what made you decide to move? Because I'm looking around thinking of doing the same thing. So what made you decide to move, and how did you choose Tampa, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I love the question. Thank you so much. I, I don't mind the question at all. I appreciate that. First of all, I've been living in many places. Uh, I've been a D.C., Maryland, Virginia native. Uh, that's my hometown, is Silver Spring, Maryland, back in the day. And uh, I've always wanted to live in um, a vacation tropical paradise. I've always wanted to live in Florida. Ever since I was a teenager, I've lived everywhere but there, many different states and even a few countries. I've lived in, in Europe and have traveled to probably 30 countries for various reasons. I've always wanted to go down there, and I finally made it happen because my kids are now old enough. They're out of the house living their lives. My oldest son is serving the United States Air Force. Air Force, that's right. He's stationed in New Mexico. So shout out to all the veterans here on the call this evening. Thank you for your service. God bless you and protect you. My oldest son is now spending time with his mama in Atlanta. So it was time. Uh, my, my kids were out of the house. Uh, I told my little wifey, her name is Karma. I said, baby, my kids are out of the house. They're living their lives. It's time for us to live ours. So can we finally make this move down to Florida? She said, baby, all my family's up here in Virginia. I said, yes, that's exactly why we need to move to Florida. (laughs) But seriously, Florida is amazing. This is where I've been wanting to be. Who wouldn't be happy living in warm weather and palm trees? Now, I'm a ball brother, so I don't like the cold weather. I'm tired of shoveling snow and dealing with ice and all this crap, and I've been burned out on the DMV, as we call District Maryland, Virginia, for quite some time. So I finally made it happen, and she was finally on board, and we got down here. Now, Tampa, Florida is one of the hottest markets in the country. So I'll share this with y'all. Um, finding a, an existing home, resale home for sale that we liked was, oh, my God, impossible. There were no deals to be done, to be honest. And finding a house that we liked, you know, that we're going to move into and live in, is, it was just nuts. Oh, we like this house. Too bad it's gone. And literally within minutes, it's under contract. I mean, it was ridiculous. And then they start the bidding wars. Oh, we're receiving multiple offers. Give us your highest and best offer by 5 p.m. today. Here's my highest and best offer. F you, I'm not playing that game. So what we had to do was go the new home construction. So we have a brand new home that's being built, a beautiful six-bed house that we are just got to clear to close, and we're going to be moving in uh, very soon. We're closing on the 22nd of April, God willing, and all goes smoothly. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's a pretty much the story right there. Thanks for asking. So if you're looking wow. to move so into a hot market... Because I'm looking around to move now. Which area of Tampa did you decide? Because that's such a big city. It is. It's amazing. We, we really like the Gulf side, us person. Some people like different areas. Some people like the mountains. But we're actually moving to a place called Sun City Center. So even the name is nice, isn't it? Brand oh, new fantastic. Yes, 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 yes. So it's really nice. Really nice. Well, I like hearing that because I'm looking at moving, and it's not easy, as you know, to make, and, and it's a big decision. And all that. sucks. It, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing much worse, is there? But uh, so if I move to Tampa, there will still be plenty of real estate business for me. You won't take it all? <laughs> I can't guarantee that because once I really start focusing on what I got to do, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. But I tell you what, I'm only playing because there's always plenty of business out there for everybody because we're dealing with people. Some people may relate to you better than they relate to me. And that's just the way it is. So come on down. And uh, we'll be neighbors. Awesome. And I love your idea of the semi. I wonder if your friend, mm-hmm. if I could hire him when I move. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I tell you, it made it, it was amazing. It made everything so much easier. Oh, my God. But anyway, I mean, please forgive me, Kate. I got to go ahead. I'm looking at, you know, I've been, like, doing pricing on moving companies and whatever, but I'd rather – Hire somebody that you know, somebody in Ron's plan, and knows. So if your your friend is willing to move me, I would pay him. So I mean, is honestly, is that something I could hire the guy? 
I'd be certainly happy to ask him and put you guys together. Not a problem. Tell you what, send me an email at TonyMentorsMe at gmail.com and tell me what uh, you'd like, and I'll see what I can do to pass that on. TonyMentors with an S, me at gmail.com. Easiest way to contact me at this point. Okay. 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 Tony, Tony Mentors with an S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tony uh, with a Y. Right, Tony with a Y, and then Tony Mentors, Mentors me. with an S. At what? All right, Tony Mentors Me at gmail.com. Okay, the phone cut out. So sorry, Mr. Well, yeah. thank you. Hey, you're, you encouraged no me. Thank you so much, and I will email you. Thank you so much, Tony. My pleasure, Kay. Good to talk to you. Thanks for Maybe the call. Maybe see you down email, there. Bye-bye. That email is just for you and not everybody else here now. Don't be contacted. Oh, no, I will just not share it with anybody. Thank you so much no, no, for that. No, anyone else who's listening, of course, my pleasure. Thank gotcha. you. Gotcha. If I see you down there, I'll let you know if I get down there. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Sounds great. You better. So much. Okay, now. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We have Blythe, phone number ending in 0283. Let me unmute you. All right. You are live. How can I help you? Hello, Tony. How's it going? Going great. Who's this? This is Trent here in Oklahoma. Um, hey, Trent. I had a question. Uh, Ron says it's not necessary to buy title insurance on the terms deals. And my question is, if you would get to like where your tenant buyer is ready to cash you out, if there was an issue on the title, how would you handle that? Would you have to do a quiet title suit, or what would be the course of action? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, you should be able to have clean title there. Uh, title insurance is just protecting defects against the title. So if you're buying a property on terms, you really shouldn't need to get new title insurance. You're going to take over the existing one that you have with the seller. So that should work just as fine. So when you go to sell, they should be able to get title to the place with no problem. Now, of course, you are. If you're taking title to the property, how do we take title to a property? In a what? In a land trust. That is correct, sir. Good deal. Yes, sir. Absolutely correct. In a land trust. Now, I've heard situations where some title companies, oh, we don't like land trusts. We can't issue title insurance or get clean title. That's a bunch of malarkey in most cases. The buyer will be able to get clean title because when the buyer goes to buy the property from you, they're going to get their own title insurance. They're going to close or they're getting a loan. They're not going to be able to close if they get their own financing without getting title insurance. That's going to be part of the process. Okay. Now, if you're buying a house all cash, you're spending a big chunk of money, you're definitely going to want to get title insurance. But if you're doing okay. a terms deal where you're buying on a wrap or something, Ron says you really don't need it. Does that answer your question? Yes. Thank you very much. Oh, very, you're very welcome. I like the short, sweet, simple questions to answer. Good stuff there. Thank you, Trent. And stay safe out there in Oklahoma. Don't be, uh, are you right. a roughneck? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. My pleasure, sir. Thanks for coming on tonight. Good to talk to you. Okay, we're going to sew this up here in a few minutes, but uh, Kim Dickens, ending in 9646, you are unmuted. Kim Dickens, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Hello. What can I do for you? I'm just getting all my leads together for a quick start. <laughs> and okay. um, I just started like a couple months ago. and Welcome. Let's see. I've got a lead. I called him last Friday, and this is a tired landlord that I live in Nashville. Um, a few months ago, I bought a property in Gallatin, which is about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. So I know the Gallatin market pretty well, and it's rising like crazy. Uh, What's your question? This man has a house in Gallatin, and he... This was an exclusive lead, so he called me, and he was kind of wanting cash. You know, I thought I handled the call really well, uh, basically saying we buy in terms. Uh, he, the house is rented to his grandson right now, who is going to have a baby and is going to move out. Okay, but so what's your question? He wants a cash offer for 200 He told me to call back in two weeks since I'm not, I didn't agree to that. And because I said, can I see the house? Because he sounded kind of flexible. So he said, call back in two weeks. I'll see if my grandson will let you see it. 
Uh-huh. So, um, 200 cash, you know, if I had the money as a landlord, I, I would, I would buy that house. But um, I know that the values okay. are going up. So I just wanted some advice of where I'm standing. I feel like he's too tired. He admitted that he's not calling a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so he's a tired landlord. Well, Great. He okay. would have so, to put 20000 in if he were to keep it. So that's what he's trying to say. Like, he kind of wants cash in, to get out. Okay. Okay. All right. So first of all, remember, we buy houses cash or terms. If it's a cash deal, you know, Ron is going to preach, and I have him talking in my ear practically right now. If it's a cash deal, we can only – got to stick to the mail formula or wholesale mail formula, which is what? If the ARV is less than 300000 we're going to take 70% of that ARV, subtract the repairs, and then subtract your wholesale fee, and there's your wholesale maximum allowable offer for an all-cash deal. So let me ask you this. First of all, do you understand the formula there, right? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, awesome. Do you know what the wholesale mail all-cash offer price should be for this property? Do you know the ARV? Do you know the repairs? No, because uh, I, yeah, I wasn't looking at it from that, those eyes, so I didn't, okay. I don't know what it is. If it's an all-cash deal, you've got to look at it from those eyes. I'm saving you a bunch of heartache, headache, and frustration right now yeah, by sure. telling you that. It, yeah. It's in a, it's I, in it's a rental a area, but... Um, Especially then. Okay. Especially then. I know you, so and, I'm, I and know please forgive me for cutting you off. Please forgive me for cutting you off like this. I'm so sorry. I, I don't normally like to do this, but we have got to wrap this up. i got another appointment i got to go run to in just a moment okay, here. Okay, I see. So I apologize. So... We, uh, I know that you're probably looking at it from his asking price, okay? Maybe his asking price is in line, uh, maybe not. So you can ask the seller, what's the most important thing for you, getting the highest price or getting all your cash at closing? Sometimes okay. you can focus on that because a lot of people just focus on the purchase price. So you want to make sure that you get exact specifics on there. And then if it's, the, if it's the price and you say, hey, if I can give you your price, can you give me some time to, give you, to get you paid off? Would you, would you consider taking payments for a while until I can get you cashed out? Be like a delayed cash out, make it easiest transaction. I could have with the closing calls, save you commissions. Is that something yeah, you I could discuss? I said all that to him. I did say all that to okay. him. But you know and? what happened is my VA called him right after I talked to him by accident, and then she interviewed him all over again, and he said he's not interested in taking payments, and he sounded kind of aggravated. See, I had already told them not to call him, but they missed the message. So now I don't know what to do because he's probably aggravated with me. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Maybe he's just having a bad day, okay? All right. Don't worry about he was that. Nice you was Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll be nice to you again when you get back on the phone. So just pick up a conversation. Say, how much flexibility do you have here? What do we got to do to get this done? Now, Okay. If, in the meantime, before you talk to him, go online, take a little bit of a look. Don't spend too much time, but find out what you think that the house would reasonably be worth, what the after-repair value of the property might be. And then you could use that, if you were paying attention earlier, take that square footage just to give a quick rough estimate about what the repairs might be if it's going to be an all-cash offer. Okay? So you can start there. Okay. Remember, cash or terms. If it's cash, it's got to be the numbers that make sense for us for uh, an all-cash deal at the wholesale mail price. If it's a terms due, we have a lot more flexibility, but you got to get in light, low down, low to no down payment, and reasonable monthly payments. And you can always fall back to at least purchase, rent to own the property. What if I can give you the cash flow and without uh, a decent cash flow uh, payment on this house without the hassles of dealing with tenants? Okay? Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that could be good there. And if it okay. is within the MAO, then I need to get it under contract, right? Correct. And remember what Even we said at the beginning of the call, we can always fix it later. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Kim. A pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming out. And sorry to have to cut you short, but I've got to keep it moving. I wanna, I got to wrap this up, actually, here. I think I've taken care of everybody, according to who has raised their hand. Yes, we have blasted through everyone. So thank you, Kim. I'm going to mute you, then I'm going to wrap it up, and I'll unmute everyone and take care of everything that way, okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hold it. Here we go. All right. Everyone, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It was a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, I'm going to have to wrap this call up because I've got to run. I'm already running a couple minutes behind for my next appointment, and I see they're waiting for me. So I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up, and a special thank you to those who asked the questions. 
And you guys make it a great week. Have a phenomenal one. Remember, there's going to be a quick start, a virtual quick start event happening next week online. If you want to attend it, just call into Global and say, hey, get me in on that sucker. I want to be there virtually, from the, attending from the comfort of my own home by my computer. So that would be well worth it. Even if you already attended it once, twice, three times, attend it again because this thing is always upgrading and updating and, and evolving. Okay? That is it for tonight. I'm going to unmute everybody. And... Thanks, Tony. Did so everyone much. enjoy the call tonight? Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tony. Come back soon. Thank you, thank you. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for hanging out all the time, guys. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I'll talk to you all soon. Have a great week. Take care, and God bless.